Hi, this is Nathan Owens from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Tuesday evening at 7.30, we have a live call-in program discussing real-life issues from the Caribbean. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You're listening to That's Truth, a live call-in program with Dr. David Murphy, designed to answer your questions biblically in this confusing culture. Dr. Murphy has over 30 years of counseling and ministry experience here in the Caribbean and is ready to answer your questions according to truth. Good evening and welcome to another episode of That's Truth. I'm Nathan Owens, as usual. And just a reminder, Pastor Murphy is on vacation for another couple of weeks. Tonight, filling in for Pastor Murphy to answer your questions, I have sitting across the desk from me, Pastor Denfield Hastings. Pastor Hastings is the assistant pastor at Gospel Light Baptist Church here in Antigua. Pastor Hastings, it's good to have you here. Welcome to the studios of the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Thank you, Brother Owens, and I really appreciate it to be here this evening. No matter where you're listening from, thank you for taking time out of your Tuesday evening activities. And let me encourage you to invite others to tune in to That's Truth. We're here for the next 85 minutes. While we wait for your questions, Pastor Hastings will be discussing a topic that is vitally needed in our churches, both here in the Caribbean, but around much of the world. It's that of youth ministry. Pastor Hastings, why do you feel so passionately about this topic? Okay, let me say good evening again to the listening audience. And I think in particular, I'm really passionate about youth ministry because as a young pastor myself, I grew up in youth ministry, um, was very active, have seen people come and go. And during my studies at Veritas Baptist College Online, I realized that, you know, the youth ministry is so important. I think many times we do not see the importance until it's unfortunately a bit too late. So I've taking some time to really address this matter personally and also to encourage other pastors to really invest in the young people so at the end of the day we can have a thriving church. Go ahead and uh, give us some input to whet our appetite as we go down this path this evening of this topic of youth ministry. Okay, so this evening I'm really trying to focus on developing the right philosophy of youth ministry. I think that is essential. I think that's where we begin by having the right philosophy. I know there are many churches that would offer this type of ministry, but there's no real um, guidance. There's no real let's say barriers to protect the church and to protect the youth ministry so my aim this evening is to discuss developing that philosophy and that philosophy will then show how the gospel can be used because that is the most vital tool that we have the gospel can be used to really impact the next generation so the idea is to really build an environment where our young people can know Christ. I think that is essential. I think 
that's the purpose of any ministry, in particular youth ministry, to create and to develop an environment where the young people can know Christ. So we're going to be discussing the principles that are needed to create this philosophy or to establish this philosophy and how we can navigate the challenges because there are some serious challenges in in um, youth ministry and there are some obstacles of course that we face so my aim is to really discuss the philosophy show how we can practically um, live out and carry out this philosophy and also how we can navigate the challenges that are in youth ministry now earlier on you mentioned that unfortunately many churches notice the importance of youth ministry after it's too late yeah for the individual who's listening, maybe a deacon, maybe a pastor, maybe a church member, and they're listening this evening and they're saying, I think maybe we're starting to realize the importance of it and mm-hmm. maybe it's too late. When you say the phrase, when it's too late, mm-hmm. what what kind of scenarios come to your mm-hmm. mind or when is that line when it's too late? Now, obviously, there's always hope with yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> so it's not too late in that sense, but yeah. what... What are your thought processes in relation to that phrase, mm-hmm. too late? Yeah, in reference to too late, it simply means that after we are looking for young men to serve in different areas of ministries, after we're looking for um, some young ladies who will eventually get older to mentor younger ladies, we look around and we realize that we don't have that resource. So the idea of it being too late is not necessarily that our hope is gone. But it is realizing the importance after we would have gotten the opportunity to really invest in it, but didn't really take that time to. So too late simply means realizing a bit late, but not necessarily too late as it cannot be rectified or um, amended and fixed. You're listening to That's Truth. If you've just tuned in and you're saying, wait a minute. It's just after 7.30 on a Tuesday evening. I'm supposed to be hearing Pastor Murphy's voice, and I'm not. You're correct. You're not hearing Pastor Murphy's voice. Pastor Murphy's on vacation for the next couple of weeks. But in the studio across the desk from me is Pastor Denfield Hastings, the assistant pastor at Gospel Light Baptist Church here in Antigua. We are waiting your questions. And again, if you have a question, you can call and ask it, 268-462-7420. Or you can WhatsApp or text it at 268-782-1454. But while we wait for your questions, Pastor Hastings is discussing the importance of youth ministry and the proper philosophy. Yes, so I will like to first begin by emphasizing and restating the importance of youth ministry in a local church. I know, again, many churches would have a ministry that is delegated or assigned for our young people, but we cannot ever overemphasize the importance of youth ministry. The youth ministry is important or an important ministry of the church because our young people are the future of the church. You know, it's easy to forget them when we're not thinking ahead, but any church that tries to be a church of vision will realize that our young people are so 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 important so this then means that the ultimate purpose of the youth ministry is to provide an environment where teenagers can know jesus and i think going back to the idea of uh philosophy having something in place that we all work towards i think it goes back to knowing that 
our young people need to know Jesus. I know there are different programs that we will discuss later and different activities that, that are offered when the young people meet on whether it's a Friday or a Saturday or whichever day in the week. But it is important that all of these programs come together to help our young people to know Jesus because unfortunately they can be around us and not know Jesus. And I think it's so important that that cannot be ever overemphasized. So the focus should be providing this environment. And when I say environment, because I don't want us to think that it only happens on a Friday evening or Saturday evening or, or whichever day that we choose to meet. But it is creating that ongoing environment where wherever they are, if they're at church on a Sunday or if they're coming to help out to let's say, do some work in the church or wherever, that it is a continuous environment where they can get to know Jesus. And if that environment is not being provided from us as youth leaders and pastors, then I think we should really reevaluate our programs, reevaluate our methods, and definitely reevaluate our mission and, and vision. So I want to first now, well, now turn to an example that I think that is very critical, and we see it with the Apostle Paul. I think, apart from Jesus, the Apostle Paul was one of the most successful you know, missionaries and minister of the gospel. Of course, called to be an apostle and set aside for the gospel. And he states in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. And I ask um, Brother Owens to read it for us. That says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Yes, and I think in this verse we have the principles, three principles that helps us to really establish this philosophy, this philosophy of helping our young people to know Jesus. He states that he he desires the believers, especially in Corinth, to be followers of him as even uh, even as he is of Christ. So we see three principles. We see good leadership. And we see that good leadership is also knowing God and also that he wanted to point others to God. And these are three principles, I think, if we apply them in setting up that philosophy where we help our young people to know Jesus, then it will be not necessarily a smooth or easy process, but it will be one that is more clearer that we can be able to help out our young people. So those are the three principles I'll be discussing later on in the program and showing how they tie into really developing this environment where um, our young people can know Jesus. Now, you mentioned we want an environment where they can know Jesus. Can youth ministry be evangelistic in style? It can be, um, but there must be a clear plan. Let's say if it's solely evangelistic, then we will need to know how are we going to approach this because um, an evangelic ministry and also one that disciples, you, you have to kind of have an idea of where you're going because with young people, especially those who are from broken homes, there is a different way you approach them than you would approach a church um, young person. So it can be evangelistic, but again, there must be a plan in place 
as to how you will achieve this. And going back to, even if it's evangelistic, it's for them to know Jesus. And the gospel will be declared for them to be converted and become a Christian. Can a young person have grown up in the church their whole life? I mean, mm-hmm. they were there from the second Sunday after they were born on this earth. Mm-hmm. And not have a right relationship with God. Of course, of course. What? How does for the young person that's listening tonight? Mm-hmm. How do they have a right relationship with God, or what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. I think as soon as you mentioned that, I immediately remember a conversation I had with my dad, and he told me that God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has children, mm. children. So it means that you cannot depend on my faith in Christ to get you into heaven or, or to be saved. And I think that's why Christianity is a personal relationship that you would have to know for sure, have that personal relationship with God, know that you are a believer, know that it's not just a head knowledge, but an intimate knowledge where you you are actually one of his. And I think um, if there is someone now, a young person listening who is not sure, then I think the best thing to do is to make it sure by asking, confessing of his sins, the Bible says, that if you confess Jesus as Lord, you know, and you believe in your heart, that you will be saved. So that's the first step. If you're unsure, um, and we believe in eternal security, so it's not to doubt, but if you're unsure, the best thing to do is to be sure yeah. by asking Jesus to save you. And and that's where you know that you have a personal relationship with Christ. And if you are struggling with that assurance, um, I remember when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. struggling with that. I mean, I grew up in a I was a missionary kid, mm-hmm. but and I made a profession of faith when I was five years old, but I, I just didn't have that peace. And I remember that evening when I cried out to the Lord and I said, God, I think I'm saved, but if I'm not, from this point on, I have no doubt that I am. doesn't mean that I haven't messed up and I haven't sinned, yeah. but it gave me that peace and mm-hmm. a peace of mind. Yeah. I think, uh, let me just add, I think sometimes as older, and I say older meaning just a bit older than our young people, not significantly you're trying, older. You're trying to age us <laughs> a little too fast. <laughs> but, but being just a little bit older, I think sometimes we assume that our young people, especially those who are church, meaning growing up in church, um, being around church activities, sometimes we assume that they're, that they're saved. You know, And it, I think it's not a fair assumption, so to say, but I can see why. When, because the young person is always around church, you know, that's what they know. But again, there must be a personal relationship with Christ. And I think that's why this philosophy is so important because when they know Christ, like when you teach Christ and they teach the gospel, then they will realize, okay, man, I, I don't have this relationship. You know, I, I know about Jesus. The Pharisees knew about Jesus. They had an idea of the law and, 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 and things pertaining to the law. But they didn't really knew Jesus as Savior, and, that, and that's the thing. That's the concerning thing. For the individual who says, you know, tonight is the first time I've ever listened to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. I just stumbled across the station. I hear you talking about youth ministry. I hear you talking about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I think I got it because I'm baptized. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, baptize, of course, doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. Um, if you are going to be baptized, sorry, without Christ, you go down a sinner, you come back the same. You know, um, baptism is after salvation. When you receive Christ, when you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are baptized, identified with Him. It's, uh, I've always tell our young people that when you are baptized, you're declaring your faith, but you need a faith to declare before you can be baptized. So baptism doesn't save you. Unfortunately, there are many um, teachings out there that um, would give you that security. But there's no way in the scripture that shows and even indicates that baptism saves anyone. I appreciate you drawing back in the scriptures. It's one thing that Pastor Murphy continually points to is the basis of answering every question on this program. That's truth is going back to scripture. scripture. And the scripture is the one unchangeable thing other than God. unchangeable thing that we have in this world Uh, we play BBC News a few times a day and it is often disgusting and disturbing what all is changing in this world but yet we have the word of God Amen. Uh, Amen. back to youth ministry I kind of ran us down a rabbit trail there (laughs) that's okay that's okay. So there are three principles I want to share going back to building this environment where our young people can know Jesus. And we see the Apostle Paul, um, a significant missionary, um, would have written, the one author that would have written the most um, books in the New Testament. Many people try to discredit the Apostle Paul because if you can discredit him, of course you can bring down the majority of the New Testament. But he, of course, on under the leadership of God, is was called to be an apostle and was able to write at least 13 books. Um, there's some debates whether he wrote Hebrews or not, but that's not the time to debate it. I mean, but we, we, we see clear his Pauline epistles where he introduces himself, and now he's writing to this church in Corinth. And the idea here, and something that we must understand is this church is known for immoral immorality and separation um the believers were living reckless lives um it, it was just a real sad case and he wrote addressing and rebuking sin of course correcting the sins that they were part- participating in um and then he as he would have written this letter or at least two letters but the first letter to this church or these believers he then shifts and now she is encouraging words so it, it shows that as he rebukes he also encourages and this is something he also encouraged Timothy to do you know to rebuke but you also exalt and and encourage and he he now states clearly that encouraging the believers follow him but not just to follow him but to follow him as he follows christ and this shows good leadership it's imperative it begins with our leaders understanding that we have the mandate to create this environment to really have this environment going because if we do not teach our young people do not learn all right and we'll see later on of course that begins at home parents are responsible for teaching their children and and creating this environment initially at home but if we have ministries attached to our churches where we are not intentional about 
teaching the gospel, then we will find ourselves in a, in a difficult situation because we do not have any other tool that we can use to cause conversion. The gospel, that burial and resurrection of Christ is powerful. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans. He says that he's not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of Christ. It, it shows that the gospel is what converts unbelievers into believers and and now they are saved people justified and redeemed so the apostle shows good leadership it begins with good leadership it begins with realizing that you yourself as a youth leader as a youth pastor wherever you find yourself within this ministry must develop this philosophy based on you following Christ and based on you knowing intimately who Christ is. So it begins with good leadership. And also we'll see if we if you were to consider other sources or the scholars who are godly men who would have written on this topic. One author once said the author of Show Them Jesus, a very good book. If you have the chance you can definitely look into into that. He said Fellow teachers, our challenge is to proclaim the good news of Jesus so clearly and consistently that no kid of ours will ever lace him in a category with typical religious leaders. Mm-hmm. So he's arguing, he's showing, he's contending that, listen, as Christian leaders, particularly in youth ministry, we must present the gospel so clearly and consistently that no one that comes to our ministries that is a part of us that comes around us will ever even confuse Jesus with anybody else because the gospel is so clear. You're listening to That's Truth on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. We're broadcasting from the island of Antigua on 1160 AM, 92.3 FM, and online at radiolighthouse.org. If you have a question, we would love for you to call in and ask it by dialing 1-268-462-7420. You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Or you can join us on Facebook. Go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page. Click on the Facebook Live video feed. And you can listen to the program, watch behind the scenes, and comment in the comment section, and your question will get passed along to Pastor Hastings, who is filling in for Pastor Murphy this evening on That's Truth. Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 7.54. If you haven't already figured it out, we're discussing youth ministry as we await your questions. Pastor Hastings, the quote there that you shared from the author of Show Them Jesus, uh, consistent, so consistently that no kid of ours will ever lace him in a category with mm-hmm. typical religious leaders. There is so much confusion out there mm-hmm. in the world that we live. For the, maybe it's even a lay youth leader mm-hmm. in a church who's listening tonight and they are being bombarded with questions. Maybe it's one question a week. Maybe it's five questions in one one night of why are there so many religions and how, again, I'm putting you on the hot seat here, <laughs> sure. but how should we answer that from a biblical perspective? Yeah, I think first we need to realize that this is all the work of the devil, the enemy. Um, he corrupts truth. He tries to... Um, 
get people to believe otherwise if we look back into um, in Genesis he got um, Eve to eat of the fruit by getting her to doubt that God really said this you know so that's what we need to realize first it is an attack of the enemy I think in addressing these questions we must realize first that the Bible is our source it does not lie cannot lie it's God's word it's the living word of God and there's some questions that we will never be able to answer there's some questions that when I say we will never be able to answer meaning that we may never be able to pinpoint and say okay this is what it is this is what it is because we know that our minds are so so small compared to the things of God that although scripture is clear there are some things that we may not be able to fully address on earth but what we need to do is definitely know that God is who he said he is and based on scripture you can see God revealing himself through scripture revealing himself communicating articulating who he is and if we're going to answer these questions we must answer them based on scripture so as a lay youth leader or someone who is in youth ministry who's probably wondering why the why there's so many questions why why are people asking all these questions we have to go back to the fact that the enemy is out there he's corrupting what God has done but he's not victorious we know that so we have to search scripture and see how we adjust these things the topic is youth ministry and there are many different philosophies out there uh, many different approaches and I don't know what your experience has been Pastor Hastings but it seems like there's a shortage of men in ministry today. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So if that's the case, that there's a shortage of men, but yet there are many times women, young women, when the young men aren't there, that are interested in ministry and that are interested mm -hmm. in investing in the next generation, does that mean that, hey, it's 2023, we're getting closer to 2024, <laughs> we can uh, start to ordain women, uh, we can start to incorporate them as uh, pastors in our churches? Mm -hmm. um, of course not. <laughs> I would never subscribe to that. And it's not just based on my um, my environment, because we do not practice that within our independent Baptist churches here in Antigua, but it's based on God's Word. And we see Paul writes to Timothy and he and he tells him even to Titus and he shows him the qualifications of an elder or a pastor bishop whatever term you want to use and it's it's clear that this is a man you know husband of one wife um one who ruled his home you see all the qualifications and it goes towards um being a man i think what is important is that we as um, I say we again about the older ones to mentor and, and disciple the younger ones so there is a continuous process there is um, um, let's say replacement happening I think sometimes we complain and I'm putting myself in this this area too where we complain that there's not enough young men coming into ministry but what what are we doing you know to get them involved in ministry so I think it's, it's not time it's never the time to 
adjust scripture and try to get things done, but is asking ourselves, what can we do to really help? And of course, praying more, asking God to send, because Jesus said that the, the, the harvest, is, harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So this has been something happening throughout history. So it's for us to play our part and ensure that we do have at least some good godly men to replace the older men that are there. I think we can probably all think of at least one or two people that they were called to ministry mm-hmm. by a mother, by a grandma, by maybe a pastor, but not by God. Mm-hmm. And they one of the signs of that is they go for a while and mm-hmm. they they throw in the towel. Uh, and that ministry is hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in any way belittling that. Mm-hmm. But if we're wanting to mentor the younger men, and I'm going to really put you in the hot seat here <laughs> because uh, being a young preacher, we're wanting to mentor the younger men, mm-hmm. but yet we don't want to call them to ministry. We want that to be God working, leading in their heart. How do you draw that balance? Mm-hmm. I think I, I go back to Jesus and the way how he discipled his disciples. He was with them. They saw him. They saw him worked. Um, of course, miracles, teaching, preaching, they, they saw him and they were able to, of course, Jesus calling them initially, but they're able to see that anointing that power that was on Christ as the Son of God, of course. And they were they had the one-on-one discipleship. I think that is what is important because there are times when Jesus would disciple um, a, a, a large group, but then there, there are times when he pulled away and he got like the three um, three of them and he would like intimately teach them. And I think that is the, the approach in really... Um, helping our young men to understand their calling and, and, and to be able to to um, know their calling. Because I can go back it, to my experience. I know that growing up in a Christian home, hearing about the gospel, becoming a believer at an early age, the calling wasn't clear until I got opportunities to serve alongside other pastors and and was able to even preach and teach and that's where the calling was even made clear so i think discipleship is where it is having these younger men just seeing our lives seeing that okay yes we are pastors but we're still humans we still have to do things like a regular human would do to survive we still have to eat we still have to um, take care of our families and then that influence will be seen and of course Bible says um, let your light shine that others may see and they will see that it's not just Pastor Hastings it's God using Pastor Hastings and I want that and I desire that and then the calling can be a bit more clearer for them as you're talking about youth ministry tonight and you're talking about an environment where they the young people are get to know Jesus Jesus, and they are taught Jesus does that just naturally happen Um, no um, I would have liked to mention just just now but i'll just jump ahead i'll say that you must be intentional about it it's, it's not a it's not a wish it's not something you just okay we want to create this environment you must be intentional again it comes back to the leaders realizing that they must have a personal relationship with christ you can't teach someone about christ if you don't know christ so you must have a personal relationship with christ and you must every day be reminded that 
you know, at our sessions, we want to teach them about Christ. We want to tell them about Jesus. I mean, there are some topics that we would eventually discuss, but it all points back to Christ, you know. And with that, going back to the idea of philosophy, with that being in our minds, as we go forth, we will know that, hey, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. You know, Good News Baptist Church has um, a motto, it's all about Jesus. You know, everything that they do, it's all about Jesus. And that is in St. Martin Dutch side. I, I saw that slogan. I was like, yeah, it's about Jesus. Everything we do is about Jesus. So it, it's intentional and not just a wish. And then once that is the desire, then it comes easier. It's not going to be easy, but it comes easier because everyone is on the same page going forward to, to help the young people to understand who Jesus is. So am I going too far to say that Pastor Hastings said that when I plan a game for youth activity this Friday night, <laughs> that I need to, in the back of my mind, be thinking how I can draw that activity at the end of the game when some are furious that they lost and some are <laughs> excited that they won, that I can draw in that concept? Or am I going too far? There? It would be good. I would say it would be good. Um, of course, there are some games that, would teach different lessons but again the idea is helping them to understand and to see Jesus so even within the game where they probably lost and they got upset you know you can speak about how you know Jesus is the same you know and although you're feeling like this he remains the same so it's always I think one of the things we must consider is when we go to these sessions whether it's a Friday or Saturday drive in going forward, thinking, how can these young people see Jesus? Yes, we have our programs, we have our methods, we have our lessons, but a lesson without even mentioning Jesus is no lesson really. It's no Bible lesson. So at the back of every leader, mind would be, how can these young people see Jesus? And until that is done, then we, we have missed the, the right mark. And that's good. We have that as our goal, but I'm going to be real sure. here. Yeah, we, especially maybe as young men, mm -hmm. sometimes we'll lose it mm -hmm. and we'll respond in a whether it's to another youth leader or whether it's to a young person in a moment of frustration or oh, we didn't get much sleep the night before. Mm -hmm. You got a couple of young children yeah. <laughs> and you didn't get as much sleep yeah. the night before as you would have liked. When you mess up in front of your youth, mm -hmm. how do you just resign from the youth mm -hmm. ministry or how do you move forward? And yeah. I ask that because I'm sure there's someone who's listening mm -hmm. tonight who recently has had a humbling experience where they did mess up mm -hmm. and they were a human mm -hmm. in front of the youth. Mm -hmm. um, what advice? Yeah, I think it goes back to, again, our young people seeing our lives not that we're perfect, seeing that we are sinners saved by grace. We mess up in front of our young people. We seek for their forgiveness. We come to them. We, we share that, okay, this happened. I shouldn't have done this. But um, again, speak about God's grace and how you're now going back to God, asking for his grace, asking for the, the, um, the young people um, forgiveness also. Because I think... When it comes to discipleship, we have to be vulnerable to. We have to realize that we're not perfect. And when 
people see us, they will see God's work through us and what God is doing. And it goes back to Jesus. Jesus spent time with his disciples. Of course, he, he's impeccable. He was perfect. So there's no mistake that he made. But they saw him in his humanity. And if our young people can see us, who we are, we're just simple human beings saved by grace, then they, they would desire that grace too is, is, is to know that okay my youth leader fell I mean probably said something he wasn't supposed to say and he came back he asked for forgiveness and God forgave him and they can identify with that so it's all about um, of course swallowing pride and um, if an offense was done to someone um, then the offense of course would need to be Someone um, asks for forgiveness and and try to reconcile. That is important. Not necessarily jump into um, resignation un- unless there is some policy in place where like falling into sin or um, adultery or something like that where there is some sort of discipline in place from the right. senior pastor. Right. And one thing that, as you were talking, a phrase that came to my mind, I remember recently a pastor, it might have been Pastor Murphy, mm-hmm. said... No one ever thinks any less of you for asking forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's it's humbling. It it really is. Mm-hmm. But yet, we need not that we should be motivated to ask forgiveness in order for people to think any better of us. <laughs> but yet, there in the long run, people see your character and your heart. Mm-hmm. So, if you are listening tonight and you're in that situation where you are distraught and not sure how to go forward, I. Pray that you will find your strength in the Lord and that when you ask forgiveness, you'll be restored and be able to continue serving the Lord as a sharp, useful tool in his hand. Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 8.09. It's That's Truth. And we are just about halfway through the program tonight. Pastor Murphy is on vacation for the next couple of weeks. So tonight in the studio, I have Pastor Hastings, the assistant pastor at Gospel Light Baptist Church here in Antigua, and he is discussing youth ministry. Yes. Um, So as we continue, I would like to just really now look at the different programs. I think we had mentioned, you mentioned about a game. Let's say we're playing a game. Should it really or always reflect Christ? And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this, that programs are important, but not as important as the gospel, of course. So it's the gospel being what we use, and then our programs will come in. So we have to realize that the gospel remains the same, but programs can be adjusted to communicate the gospel. So the, the program is the, let's say, the vehicle to take out the gospel. And we have to go back to Scripture. Oh, I have to stay in Scripture. Can't go back. We have to stay in Scripture and we have to realize that Jesus Christ said himself in John 15, 5. In John 15, 5, he, he proclaimed something very, very significant that I want us to read to show how we cannot leave Christ outside of the picture. Jesus says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Yeah, so so Jesus himself says, without me, you can do nothing. So, in order to create this environment, in order to help our young people, we must realize we must depend on God. And I think 
we have unfortunately seen thriving youth ministries as numbers and i've always said that numbers are not bad but numbers do not tell the full story okay there there are people who would attend your your youth ministry for different reasons all right right now we have a few at gospel light and um, i know sometimes it can be discouraging but I'm willing to work with the few that we have. And there's sometimes when we have an activity, we have like two bus loads full of young people coming. And it reminds me that people come for different reasons. You know, you, you, you try to invite them, but some will come for different reasons. So we, we, we have to put aside any, um, any other intentions, any other goals that we have apart from knowing that we want to teach them Jesus. We have to depend on God. So this means going back again to the idea that our leaders must realize the importance of depending on God. Jesus says that without me, you can do nothing. So if I am going to develop this environment, I must depend on Jesus. I must depend on God. I must ask God to help me. And it's not just depending on God saying, okay, God, I depend on you and I move forward to develop this environment. But it's to consistently seek God's face. Um, before every session, before planning for every session, um, I know some would plan weekly, some would plan monthly, some maybe quarterly, whatever. But before you even write down any plan, you seek God, you spend time with God. Because youth ministry can become very um and forgive me for saying this but monotonous where it's just doing it over and over and over i was in youth ministry my youth leader did it this way and i'm gonna do it that way and it's like i i don't even realize but that's how um, i'm learning you know i was taught this way so i continued this way but we we must every time we we approach youth ministry every time we approach um, developing this environment, doing sessions, we must realize that we have to depend on God. And it means asking for His help, not just the physical help, but the wisdom that we need because we are working with a generation who, I mean, nothing is new under the sun, we will say, but it's still quite unprecedented because we we have not taught this generation before you know so there's some there's some things that we are learning as we teach so we do definitely need to depend on god because he's the creator he knows them inside out and who else can we depend on i recently was talking with a group that was here uh, running vacation bible school mm. and they had uh, done a youth rally and there were some young people at the youth rally that came up to a couple of the teenage girls on mm. the mission team and they said uh, to the young lady, they said, so you're a girl. Do you like guys or do you like girls? Mm-hmm. And I, when I heard that, I thought, you know, when I was a teenager in youth group, I'm going to age myself here, but 20 years <laughs> ago, <laughs> uh, that wouldn't have been a question no, that, I, that would have anyone in the youth group. It was a small youth group, mm-hmm. but that anyone would have even thought of asking, even as a joke. Mm-hmm. But yet, people are sincerely asking that because media is bombarding us. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it okay as a youth leader to be caught off guard? To, be caught. to, to not mm. be expecting a question before it comes? Um, I'm not sure if it's being okay is the, the, the question, yeah. but if it happens, it will happen. Yeah. Um, I, I That's think, a better way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it will happen. I think 
it's a reminder of this world, this fallen world. And um, as much as we are in Christ, we are sheltered in Him, we are um, sincerely dependent on Him, there, there are... Uh, there is corruption around us and we must be aware of it. We must be able to, especially working with young people. I think this ministry is so delicate, so vulnerable. You know, young people are like sponges. And even if we try to shelter our homes, our, our immediate young people, there are times when others will come in who are not so sheltered as we were or those around us so we 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 must anticipate these questions and i think any um serious pastor is um try to be aware of what's happening not necessarily to um, investigate to try to fight it off or anything but just to be aware of what's happening especially in this day and age you're listening to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse, 1160 AM and 92.3 FM. If you have a question that you would like to ask Pastor Hastings to answer from a biblical worldview, you can call and ask 1-268-462-7420, or you can WhatsApp or text your question to 268 782 1454 You can also join us on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page. Pastor Hastings, uh, some more thoughts on youth ministry. Sure. Oh, okay. Okay, so let me share. Okay. There is a particular verse I want us to look at, and that is, we're now continuing our discussion, but we're now looking at this ministry as an educational ministry, going back to the idea of teaching, teaching our young people to know Christ. And Paul writes, I, I love the Apostle Paul. He's so relevant. So people say that, you know, we need to be relevant. Man, but the Apostle Paul is relevant. He 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 writes spot on. And in Ephesians 2.10, a very familiar passage from verse 8 and 9, he speaks about salvation. He speaks about it being of of God is not merited, meaning that you there's nothing you really did to receive it. It's because of His grace, God's grace, that is. But in verse 10, he, he says something that I think we need to zero in as we look at really developing and establishing this uh, philosophy of teaching Jesus. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. As a youth leader, as a pastor, as a um, even a lay leader, the idea that God has used us or he's using us as his workmanship, he's using us as his tools and created in Jesus, of course, so it's because of Jesus, unto good works, so we're able to do good works, not works that can save us, because we're not saved by works, but because we are saved, we produce good works. We see that God has ordained this. So, where you're serving right now as a youth leader, as a as a pastor, as a, a lay leader, once you're in the will of God, this is what God has prepared for you to serve. So, you you cannot just serve any old how you cannot just serve you know not realizing how significant this is you have to serve in a way that hey this is god's work you know and if you are an ambassador if i am an ambassador of 
of Jesus Christ. An ambassador would just speak on the behalf of the person whom sent him or her. So we have to realize we're talking to our young people. We are serving. We are we are be, we are the workmanship of Christ of God. We created in Christ Jesus. We're doing this on the behalf of God. Then we just have to point them to Jesus. I think one of the the significant ways we should remember as we go back to showing them Jesus. When we look at the lady at the well, I, I've always re- referenced her story when, when it comes to talking about Jesus and telling people about Jesus. This lady had several husbands. The one that she was with is not her husband. We know the story. We know the narrative. We know what happened. And then when she went back into Samaria, into the main city, and she was telling them, about Jesus she just said come see a man and she literally just pointed them to Jesus and when they saw Jesus Jesus was able to of course being God convert these people and it's noted as the Samaritan revival where people genuinely got saved just being introduced to Jesus and it goes back to this idea that we must constantly teach our young people and show them Jesus. There's nothing in us that they need to see, really, unless they're seeing Jesus. So we must teach them Jesus. We must show them Jesus. Um, there is this gentleman, Oswald Smith, um, a very quite older book. I got it from my, my wife's. So it was her, I think it was her grandfather who, when he heard that I was in ministry, he got me a bunch of books. And he was, or he's also not a pastor, but he. He um, served as a, a lay leader, preached a lot. And he sent me one of this, well, some books. And one of the books he sent me was a book that was entitled The Man God Uses. A very, very older book. But I found something very important when I was reading it. And the author says, Our talents were never given to be used for ourselves. God's gifts are to be invested for him. Hmm. And he he really because he was talking about how uh, just a regular man, a regular person can be used for God, and he just contends in this book that hey, if you're going to be used for God, the talents that, that you have, the gifts that you have, must be invested for Him. So as our um, young people come to our sessions and they are part of our ministries we must realize that whatever ability we have must be channeled into helping our young people to see Jesus and if we're not doing that then perhaps we are doing it for our own glory and that's something that we must consider if we're doing this for God's glory or we're doing it just because we can do it I have here in my hand a book. I don't know if you're familiar with Barna Research, Barna Trends. Mm -hmm. It's a research uh, organization in the U.S. They did a study, and they asked youth pastors what most hinders the effectiveness of youth ministry. Mm -hmm. 74% of them said busy lives of the youth hinder, most hinder the effectiveness of youth ministry. Any advice that you would have uh, from your experience or maybe from things that you have found didn't work well mm-hmm. uh, to encourage youth leaders, both in full-time ministry, but also those that are lay leaders in the church, uh, 
in dealing with this and that's again is that's from 2018 yeah. so what we're five years on uh, since yeah. that and think of how technology has yeah. really changed in five years mm-hmm. I think going back to the idea of discipleship I I know discipleship is not a one day thing I mean I know many of us have our main session on a Friday again I can speak about us in Antigua at least quite a few would have would have their youth meeting on a the session when they meet on a Friday, some on Saturdays, maybe some other time in the week. I know um, I have quite a few friends um, in mainland state who would meet on this Wednesday and Thursday and different days in a week. But I think going back to the idea of discipleship, it, it doesn't just happen on one night. It's continuous. And I think if we can, I know sometimes it doesn't afford us the, the ability to, but if we can be full-time involved in ministry where we constantly meet with our young people, disciple them, be there for a graduation, be there for a ball game, stuff like that, that that, that helps a lot, you know, because, again, the environment is not limited to the time that we meet. It's always having those opportunities where they can see Jesus. I know just recently I, I had to split myself into two graduations because we had two young people who were who are graduating and and just seeing my face means a lot to them, you know, seeing that okay, I care about them so much that I would attend a graduation ceremony for them. So it's realizing that it's an ongoing process. It's it's not limited to one day. I know we as leaders are also busy too, but we, we have to create that time. We have to adjust our schedules so we can be able to reach our young people. Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 825. We are glad that you are listening to That's Truth. And if you have a question and would like to ask it, maybe it pertains to youth ministry, maybe it doesn't. We would love for you to call and ask it by dialing 268-462-7420. Or you can WhatsApp or text your question to 1-268-782-1454. Or you can join us on Facebook. Go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page, and then you can click on the Facebook Live video feed, and from there, comment in the comment section your question or your concern. Pastor Hastings, if someone is interested in attending the services there at Gospel Light, I guess first, where is your church located and when are your services throughout the week? Okay, so we're located at Painter's Development. Um, If you're familiar with Antigua, that is, if you're coming up um, Factory Road, you would just make that corner by Sunnyside School and then the first left you would turn and then the next first left you would turn again and you you would find the church. It's a um a church and a school. We do have elementary school there, gospel elementary school, uh from pre K right up to grade six. Our services are at ten in the morning, ten AM where we have on Sunday. On a Sunday, correct, yes. In the morning on Sunday at ten AM and that is from 10 to about 11.30 and we try not to keep you too long and we have our midweek service currently online um, coming out of COVID and the different challenges with COVID so we do that virtually at 7 you can follow us on our Facebook page Gospel at Ministries Inc that's incorporated and we also have that on Facebook and YouTube Gospel Light um, Ministries also Antigua on YouTube and our youth meeting we meet on Fridays at 7.30 um, we 
sometimes meet a bit earlier depending on what's happening if we're having a longer night we try to meet a little bit early so the young people can be home in a timely manner and we do have shuttle service available for that service sending like a facebook message to your uh, church's facebook group would be enough to be able to get signed up for that shuttle service yes 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 um there's a website website also and there are some information if you're seeking transportation you can just put in your information and then one of our drivers will contact you and be able to pick you up and what night of the week is your online midweek service on a wednesday evening wednesday on a wednesday evening if you are in antigua and you're looking for a church to visit uh, you can visit gospel light baptist church Pastor Hastings is here, and he's talking about the importance of youth ministry and the importance of a proper philosophy and what all is involved with that. Mm-hmm. Pastor Hastings, uh, give us some more information. Yes, sure. So I want to now jump into the idea of working with Parents working alongside parents, um, I think is something that we're not often excited about. Um, I've, I've, I've experienced it. You have some parents who are a bit challenging, who can can you know cause a little challenge in um, youth ministry. And of course, we have to realize. I think the first thing we have to realize is that the role of a parent is important. Youth leaders cannot truly replace parents we can work alongside parents we can play a a role model role where even our young people refer to us as their parents but we cannot replace our parents so what we need to do is work with them the importance of parents in youth ministry can never be overemphasized again so youth leaders must work alongside parents to teach teenagers about jesus going back to the idea of this is not just a Friday evening, a Sunday afternoon, or Wednesday evening, or whenever. This is continuous, and the home is essential. So we must work alongside the home to help out in teaching our young people about Jesus. Now, if the young person is from an unsafe family or, or an unsafe home, then of course this is more challenging because there is no gospel being taught in, in an unsafe home. But we must work along with parents. I personally connect with my parents a lot. We just had IBYC, independent, well, no, is um. I remember the Inve- new- investing and yeah. building youth of the Caribbean. Yes, yes, yes. We know. So we had that conference recently, and we had to. Well, I had to really connect with my parents to really show them daily what is happening and, and to help them. And we had two young persons who received the gospel and trusted Jesus, Amen. their personal Lord and Savior. And it was amazing. And it's funny because it was one of the leaders who led them to Christ. You know, it wasn't me, you know, and I've been teaching them about Jesus straight. But it shows that, okay, you know, you're, you're, what, you're, um, you're sharing the gospel, somebody continue and then eventually germinate and then to God be the glory. So now... My role now is to disciple these young people, and the parents were so excited. So it shows that you have to work along with your parents. You have to, you can't neglect them. If I wasn't intentional about building godly relationships with my parents, as in my my young people parents, then of course 
they wouldn't be excited about them coming to know Christ. It would be like, okay. So that is important. But we just jumping ahead again as we work with parents and we, we realize that it, it helps us to build this environment. There's a verse that I, I want to draw reference to again going back to the Apostle Paul, writing to the believers in Corinth, and he's talking to them and he's rebuking them but still teaching. And he writes in First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. And he he's clear, he's very straightforward. I like how the Apostle Paul writes in his letters because you're able to understand what he's saying. Of course, if you're going to preach in it, you want to go deeper to see how you can explain it better. But he's very clear in this particular verse. Paul says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Again, and this shows the importance of having a healthy environment. It shows that our young people need to be in are extremely an extremely healthy environment. Now, I, I think about in our context here in the Caribbean, especially in Antigua, we have a lot of our young people who would attend public school. All right, we do have good um, conservative schools here, conservative Christian schools here. Like we have Grace, we have Gospel Light, and we have other schools here that. I think are sincere about teaching the gospel. But there are a lot of our young people who attend public schools. And we know that the gospel is not intentionally taught in public schools. You may say a prayer here and there, but no one sits you down and teach you about Christ. So they spend Monday to Friday, how many hours in um, in public school? And if they're coming from a home that's unsaved, then of course the gospel is not being taught there. So we have to be intentional because this is where they're going to get the gospel. And we have to realize that Yes, our programs can be fun, but must go back to who Jesus is, teaching about Jesus. Not too long ago, I heard a child, um, I'm going to say he was probably about four years old, mm-hmm. shouting, cursing words. Wow. And I, it just it made me think, and we wonder why culture and society is like it is now. Mm-hmm. And you think that generation... Ten years from now, they're going to be sitting in your youth group. Mm-hmm. And if at that age they've already just accepted that as the norm, I mean, it is the norm when you turn on the television, mm-hmm. unfortunately. When you're going down Market Street, it, it, and unfortunately maybe even in their own home. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there hope for the next generation? Yes, there's always hope. The gospel saves. Um, we... we um, people without hope if we don't have Christ but since Christ has availed himself to us and uh, made himself available for us then there is hope I think again it, it reminds us how we have a lot of work to do and I, I've always tell my people at gospel like Christians should be some of the busiest people not necessarily busy where we neglect sleep and we are not having a balanced life but to be busy about the gospel there's so many people out there who need the gospel and it just shows us that we ought to continue what we're doing um, we may play different roles um, the hand is not the foot the foot is not the hand or whatever but we are a part of God's body to proclaim the gospel so there, there is hope um, but the hope is in Jesus Christ of course any other verses or thoughts that you want to share with us as we continue down this path 
of youth ministry. Yes. Yes. So you asked earlier about if a youth meeting can be evangelistic. And I do I do think so. I think many of us, we, we find ourselves being more evangelistic than probably a bit more discipleship, depending on... Um, the 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 area where you are or who is part of your, your youth ministry because I know I'm looking at even at different churches that I have contact with that majority are unsaved they have the few church people who are consistent but the majority are unsaved but I want to just zero in on again building the right and establishing the right environment and I I want to I know here in Antigua we do not have a lot of staff members we we have smaller churches which which is okay we we understand that's our context right now so we want to what i want to just share a little bit on having the right people and i i think it goes back to discipling the younger so when they're older at least we still have a few that will continue to work in the ministry and um peter peter writes in first peter 2 2 let me read that for yes, you. Yes, please. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. And, and Peter Ish, talking about spiritual maturity, he says, listen, if you're going to grow, if you're going to be a spiritually mature believer, if we continue to read the passage, we'll see what he's referring to, that you must desire the sincere milk of the word, not Milk isn't just milk that, you know, the liquid milk, but it's just saying like a babe would desire that milk. You know, if, if any parents are listening, you know, when you when you have a, a, a babe, how it is like the babe would desire that milk, always want that milk to grow. Then we must desire the sincere, uncontaminated milk of the word. So it shows if we're going to have the right people again, we have to build the right environment we have to have spiritually mature people. And I think in some of our churches, and I can speak for at least some that I have contact with, like people who are youth leaders who I contact with, who I have contact with um, on a regular, that it is difficult to find volunteers to help. It is quite difficult. Um, and, and there are diff- different reasons. You know, some, again, as the... The um the idea of being too busy or being busy. Um, there's some people who have a challenge with working with young people. So it's like they, they do have the idea of working with them. They want to, but man, they Just don't have don't that connect. gift. No, yeah. they don't have that gift. So there there are challenges. I know even in my context right now, I'm being an assistant pastor. I'm doing it as I disciple other leaders under me to eventually take over because I know we we can't do it all you know so we have to teach teach the word teaching the word will will help them to be spiritually mature so the the saves one the saved ones because as a youth leader you must know or have a good idea of who within your youth group are believers and who are not. I mean, sometimes the one who are believers kind of act like other believers sometimes because it is young people. We have to understand they're, they're different. But we must have, I have a good idea at least based on um, relationship with, with, with my young people to see, okay, these are the ones 
who are saved, but they just need to grow up a bit. These are the ones who are not saved and they're, they're on the verge. You know, they're responding well. You can see that they're, they're asking questions. And these are the ones who, man, we need to fast and pray for them because they're, they're, they're um, not necessarily responding as you want them to. But you must have a good idea and you have to know how now to connect the gospel, how to use one lesson that can help the saved ones to grow, the unsaved ones to see that they need Jesus. And of course, Jesus is seen as you teach and preach the gospel in your youth ministries. Is youth ministry something that church needs to focus on or... Can they just focus on just preaching on Sunday morning and the youth ministry will care for itself? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think although some churches do not carry the term youth ministry, um, there is some there needs to be some sort of focus on youth ministry. I think about the Apostle Paul writing in Thessalonians, um, the first Thessalonians, I believe, and he he's writing to a church who they they assumed that they were going to the the Great Tribulation. So it was a persecuted church. People were frustrated. People were like, they they, they were godly people. They were people living for Christ. They were people who were passionate about the gospel. um, The Apostle even referred to them as the model church. They were like a model for believers around Asia Minor. Minor, However, they had intense persecution. And the Apostle Paul writes to them. He he speaks about a thriving church. He speaks about one who loves and who is blameless before God. And it shows that a thriving church is not just older people. It's it's everyone who is in that church. You know, everyone who is a part of that church. So there must be some emphasis on youth ministry. They, they, we cannot neglect it because, again, going back to the idea that these are the people who in the next couple of years, few years, will have an uh, instrumental role to play. And if we are intentional about reaching them, then we can be more comfortable about knowing that, yes, the church will carry on. Of course, the church will not fail, but knowing that there are people who are there to to carry on. And we fall into the trap at times where just thinking about now. And I say we because I fall into that trap too where we're thinking about, okay, we have five men now who can preach, who can teach, we're good. But what happens after a few years? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we need to be intentional about that. And this is me as a young pastor speaking about the next generation. You know, it's, it's, yes, the next generation might be a bit, a while for me, replacing us, but it, it starts now. Yeah. It starts now. And we never know how long the Lord has any, any of us here Precisely. on this earth. And if you are listening this evening, maybe you're a pastor and you are discouraged and you're thinking, man, if I was just in the States or if I was just somewhere else, there would be plenty of young men who would be looking to fill my shoes. I was recently speaking with a youth pastor from the U.S. Mm -hmm. and great church, large church, and they've had a position that's been open for a number of months and no one has applied. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I don't want to say every country in the world because I don't. I haven't <laughs> factually proven that to be the case. But many, many locations around the world are struggling to find that next generation of young men who are willing 
and interested in stepping into the shoes. Mm -hmm. So I don't share that just to say everyone's struggling, Mm -hmm. but to let you know that you are not alone Mm -hmm. and that in God's timing, he will provide. And I like how you mentioned that God's church will not fail. Yeah, of course. Now, there are churches that do have to close their doors, but uh, God's church, I'm talking the collective church, God's ministry uh, will not fail. Yeah, yeah. Let's be... Real, I know there are some down times when people uh, don't um, imagine. Um, let's go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah preached for at least 40 years and only had about two converts. And he was down. He cried. He he even accused God of using him, you know, and, and overpowering him to push him into his will. And yet still, Jeremiah, in that same passage, repented and speak about, you know, God's word is like a burning fire shot up within his bones. And it just shows that the best of us do have these moments when we look at our numbers again. We look at a Sunday morning and say, wow, the numbers are dwindling. But again, there there is hope. I think it goes back to realizing Going back, as we mentioned earlier about calling, you know, God's calling remains God's calling despite the environment that we serve in. And I think that is what would help us to continue to serve, realizing that God can call you to serve in a small ministry. God can call you to serve in a big ministry. It is his work at the end of the day. And his work is not limited to your geographical location. You know, you can be influential outside there, but you just have to be intentional. We've got about 15 minutes left in tonight's episode. So if you have a question, please contact us as soon as possible so we can be sure that we have time to answer it thoroughly. You can WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Let me give that to you again as you get your phone unlocked. WhatsApp or text your question to 268-782-1454. Or you can call and ask your question live on the air by calling 268-462-7420. Or you can go to the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse Facebook page, click on the Facebook Live video feed, and comment your question in the comment section. Pastor Hastings, with roughly 15 minutes left in tonight's episode, uh, what words of advice or additional thoughts do you have to encourage those who are involved in youth leadership or maybe those who aren't working in youth leadership to start being involved in leadership? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll begin with those who are not involved. Uh, I think all of us do have a role to play. Um, Paul writes to Titus. He speaks about the older teaching and mentoring the younger. And I think we... Regardless of who we are and our roles at church and wherever we find ourselves, that all of us can be a part of a youth ministry. We might not all be actively serving in that ministry, but all of us can be some way a part of it. Um, I can remember even when we had our preparing our young people for the conference, the IBYC conference, we we had people who were coming up and say, you know, I want to sponsor a young person or I want to, you know, and, and that show was, you're, you're part of it, not necessarily coming on a Friday evening and teaching, but you're part of the the idea of helping our young people to know and know Christ and to, to be taught Christ. So I think all of us can play a role. We must have, well, we must then have to ask God 
what role do you want me to play? You know, the, regardless of your age, you know, you might find yourself as a senior person right now. You you can play a role. You can choose a young person within the church and you, you say, okay, this is young person I'm going to be praying for. Add them to your prayer list. You can pray for them. You can even, if if you're an older lady, you can take out a younger young lady whether it's to a grocery store somewhere you but you can be intentional about that so you can be involved not limiting yourself to the particular meeting time and for those who are serving right now i i can understand that there are some challenges and i speak sincerely from one who has challenges you know and i just want to encourage to be faithful and there are times when you're in ministry where you need to step back a bit i think sometimes we we're so busy with god's work that we are so focused on his work and neglect him so there are times when you would want to step back a bit maybe take a sabbatical the rest um the seasons of catching yourself and and then going back into ministry you know nothing is wrong with that i think um these are Good moments for God to really use us when we're not distracted. And there are times when I encourage other pastors to, and it's funny coming from a younger pastor where you know, sometimes you just want to pull back a little bit, seek God, and then come back refreshed. You know, remember we're physical people, so we do need that rest. Did I hear you right? You were saying that we can be so busy in ministry that we're actually losing our focus? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've heard it from many pastors. I've experienced it, and I've seen it in other leaders. And you have to be careful. You don't want to go to them and say, hey, you're losing your focus, right? But I have seen people who are so passionate about God's work that their personal devotion is is affected. And I try to strike that balance. It's it's challenging. So I know it's definitely possible where um, you could find yourself as a, a pastor or even a youth leader preparing, studying God's word only when it's time for you to teach and, and, and to communicate the gospel, but not daily as your devotion. It definitely happens. So we want to just be faithful in whatever we do, wherever we're called to serve. I remember many years ago, I heard this brother mentioning, just blossom where you're planted. You know, wherever God wants you to serve right now, just serve there. Um, If he wants you to move, he's going to be clear with that, Mm -hmm. unless you're not listening to him. But Mm -hmm. he will be clear. I want you to go over here. But if there's no indication where God wants you to go right now, if you're serving there, just be faithful. Again, numbers tells a story. It shows something, but it doesn't give the whole picture. So we just have to be consistent in where we're serving. And I just want to, as we zero in and, um, well, not zero in, but close off just now. just want to, again, um, reemphasize the importance of programs and how our programs should supposed to be or should be Christ exalting. And I think programs are different. I, I know some groups do different programs. Some there's some that would have a game first, then the word, then maybe worship. Some don't even do no songs. Some play games for like almost three fourths of the night and then just do a little s- devotion. But your program should be Christ exalting. Your focus, my focus as a leader, every session, 
how can my young people see Jesus? And it's possible because Jesus is everything. You know, we can we can use the simplest um, illustration and pull them back to seeing Jesus. It, it takes um, planning. It's not just coming to the session and say, okay, let me think about it on the spot. It, it takes planning, but we must and we should really create that environment. And Hebrews 13, 8 um, the art of Hebrews clearly reminds the Jewish people and of course us today and he states in Hebrews thirteen eight, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever Jesus doesn't change and because he doesn't change that is a reminder that we need to teach who he is he's consistent he doesn't change because we believe in the Trinity Father, Son and the Holy Spirit all um, equal. Um, of course, we do know that they have different roles, but we do have we do serve one God. We know that, so we know all the attributes of the Father. The Son has it too, and the Holy Spirit has it too. The all eternal, all righteous, all perfect. So we want to teach Jesus. He's the same. He doesn't change, and that makes our work a little bit more easier because we don't have to keep up with the changing. <laughs> um, change in Jesus He's consistent So we just teach The word Very straightforward And let our young people know Hey This is Jesus Christ And that's who we Are representing And we tell them About Jesus Christ So when they leave From under our wings They can know Who Jesus Christ is At least If they're not converted When they leave They have some sort of knowledge And then Maybe later on You never know they, they may eventually become a believer according to his will. And ultimately, they've heard the gospel, yeah. and that's between them and God. Yeah. Then Accountable, yeah. I have heard many churches, people in churches, uh, here or even overseas, bemoan the fact that it's like youth get to an age where they get independence, mm-hmm. and they leave the church, or yeah. they aren't, they don't get plugged into the so-called adult church. How do we make that transition from the youth group to the adult church? And should there be two mm-hmm. separate entities? Yeah. Um, not necessarily two separate entities. Um, I think it goes back to discipleship and being intentional. One of the things that I'm working on at to implement at Gospel Life. I'm sure if anybody listening now, I'm kind of giving them early. But one of the things I'm working on is to really have this uh, mentorship program where we are intentional about really being there for our young people. So those who are older will, let's say, take on one young person and you're, you're going to be intentional, spend at least a few times, a few hours, depending on your schedule during the week, spending time with this young person, helping this young people to see Christ. And it, it's there is a transition, but it comes and it's smoother when the older is intentional about helping that transition. Um, when I migrated and lived in St. Martin, when it, just after I got married, my wife was telling me that's the same situation there where some of the young people, they go off to college and then after college, that's it. They do come back. Well, a few would come back, but when they come back, they're not as intentional or not as passionate about serving in church because they already passed that um, youth meeting stage. 
So it comes with discipleship. I think there is a gap, there is a bridge. The best person to bridge that gap is the older. Because when we're intentional about bridging that gap, it helps them because they find themselves in an awkward stage. I don't know if you have experienced it, but sometimes when you when you finish high school and you're off to college, first time probably traveling by yourself, it's a new it is so many different influences around you that sometimes the best of our young people do end up and slip up. So we just have to guide them through that process and welcome them into the adult church, if we may say. But welcome them over to the, the big people side. <laughs> <laughs> Time across the Eastern Caribbean on this Tuesday evening is 8.55. We've got about four minutes left in this episode of That's Truth. Pastor Hastings, any closing thoughts on the topic of youth ministry? Yes, I'll just like to close by again saying this environment is not limited to when you meet, but this is something that is continuous and we must be reminded that this is what Christ wants us to do. This is what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to go and make disciples. Um, teaching, evangelizing, of course. Evangelizing, teaching, making disciples. And this is not optional. The Great Commission was Jesus wasn't saying, okay, if you feel like to go, then you can go. He is a direct command. He said, go and make disciples. So if we are if we are Bible-believing people, if we do believe that this was an instruction, a command by Jesus, then we should be really passionate about teaching our young people, for those of us who are called to serve there, and even adults to teach them. Because I know there are young adults groups that are quite frequent these days, which is good because we do need to target every um group within our churches so we must be intentional it's not something that happens overnight there's no perfect youth group i know there's some that are um when you look at it you see the numbers again when you look at them you see that they're a bit larger but there's no perfect youth group there's no perfect believer we know we're all saved and uh simply just daily conforming into the image of christ so there's no perfect youth group but we can have thriving youth ministries and that is when we show them Jesus and when they learn about Jesus and they um, converted and becoming more like Jesus that is when we know that we are accomplishing our tasks here on earth is it possible for a youth leader to make the youth ministry and the program so entertainment focused that they're missing the mark yeah and, and that is a dangerous trap because I think our young people, um, they're very particular. They like to have fun. And we can fall into the trap of being so entertaining that we do not teach them Jesus. So, again, the youth leader has to sit down with his team. If you have a team, if you're maybe just a volunteer with someone else, sit down with that person. Yes, we can have fun times, but how are we showing them Jesus because it can be fun to show them Jesus it's just that the goal must always be to show them Jesus how important would you say it is even if you're a lay youth leader to be checking in with your pastor and making sure giving him status updates in the last 30 seconds here of how the youth ministry is going 
Yeah, I think that is important. I think that's respectful too, as the the shepherd who would have to on the shepherd who would have to give an account of the flock that he's leading. Letting him know, hey pastor, this is where we're at. And as the spiritual leader, he can help guide you. He can help pray with you. And I think that shows that, again, the hand and the, the, the foot, they're not the same, but they all work together for God's glory. So that is essential. Pastor Hastings, thanks for coming in and sharing this information. My Appreciate pleasure. It. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for today's program. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses the truths shared from God's Word to strengthen your faith. Now you've heard it. That's truth. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear more answers to life's questions on That's Truth, Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kilohertz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world or you can subscribe to this podcast. Looking forward to having you join us next time.